Hey, podcast listener, are you a hacker, techie, nerd, investor, founder, or ever wanted to get into this world? Join TechCrunch for its annual Disrupt Conference in San Francisco, featuring the luminaries who aren't only making the rules in technology, but changing the game. Get a first look at startups disrupting machine learning, mobility, healthcare, robotics, and more, and hear from the world's leading investors and innovators. Visit TechCrunch.com and use promo code SPREAKER. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R for an exclusive discount. Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Welcome to another episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing this Labor Day weekend? I hope everybody had a good weekend. want to thank all the drivers, ladies and men out there that continue to go ahead and work. After 30 years, I finally decided I was going to go ahead and take the weekend off. So I took some time off, and I'll be hanging out for the end of the week. Thank you so much for doing what you do, everybody. And greatly appreciate all of your hard work. So this we're going to go ahead and do some more current events and a lot of things are going on in the news so let's get right to it. In news today or I should say this came out the 25th from the uh, Great American uh, Trucking Show there that was in Dallas um, on the 25th of August. Forging ahead in the agency's quest to gather input for evaluating changes to the federal hours of service regulations, a panel of the top brass from the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration heard truckers' hours of service struggles and suggestions at the Great American Trucking Show. The theme of the two-hour listing ses- session emerged quickly, centering on one word. And we've been hearing this, and I've been reporting on this, flexibility. We have always been hearing this over and over and over again is flexibility. All we're asking for is some flexibility and common sense, said one owner-operator, Steve Davenport, who noted his membership with owner-operators, OOIDA, in other words. One size doesn't fit all. He wants to address giving drivers some flexibility, said Chip Arnold of Bearden Transportation. He suggested providing drivers with it three-hour block of on-duty time once a week that they could use at their discretion when conditions warranted. It's not often that you need to go over the 14-hour allotment, he said, but it does happen. We need some kind of flexibility so you don't have to shut down 30 minutes out from a destination. This has already been put into legislation by a South Dakota senator, 
and um, we'll see what goes on there. Friday's session was the first of a four-planned lifting session on hours of service. The next one is scheduled for September 14th at the USDOT headquarters in D.C. Details of the other two sessions will be announced when they're finalized, said the FMCSA Administrator Ray Martinez, who is in attendance at the listing session, along with FMCSA. So I guess if Mr. Martinez doesn't want to come on my radio show, I guess I'm going to have to track him down at one of these great American trucking shows, or I might have to take a trip to D.C. The drivers were passionate and pointed in airing their concerns and suggestions Friday, but the mood was markedly different from that of a listing session just five months ago at the Mid-America Trucking Show, when a session aimed at addressing some sticky hours of service issues devolved into a bit of chaos. Then truckers' frustrations with the looming hard enforcement of the ELD mandate and with hours of service regulations bubbled over into brief shouting matches between the attendees, which was uncalled for. I mean, if you can't, um, I understand everybody's frustrated about these ELDs, especially us old-time drivers. But if you can't act like a professional, nobody's going to listen to you, plain and simple. So this Friday's in Dallas session was subdued with truckers simply showing up to provide anecdotal evidence for hours changes and relay their ideas for an hour's fix, with a straight to 14-hour rule and a 30-minute break requirement being highlighted as the chief areas for the agency's focus its, to focus its reform efforts. Um, drivers mostly supported keeping the 14-hour on-duty limited place, but with flexibility to allow drivers to break up their on- and off-duty periods into segments. Um, and owner-operator Gary Bucks also advocated for a split sleeper option while retaining the 14-hour on-duty period. I do not support moving the 14-hour limit. Cumulative fatigue can be a huge factor in our safety. If we get in a situation with bad weather and need to go for 16 hours, maybe that could be, you know, once a week, maybe once a month, he said. We have to be careful not to do it day after day after day. Bucks also said that the agency agency should make its ultimate hours determinations based on science and data. Bucks recommends the agency perform more truck-based sleep studies, such as the one already in offing studying split sleeper berth options as it considers changing to hours regs. Um, Andrea Marks commented on behalf of Trucker Nation, who filed a petition requesting FMCSA overhaul our regs, their petition effectively called for a return to a more flexible split slipper, sleeper format, excuse me, split sleeper format, asking for FMCSA to allow drivers to use their 10-hour off-duty time in segments of multiple hours within a cumulative 14-hour on-duty clock. She said their proposal would provide true flexibility for drivers. Professional drivers need to be able to exercise their own professional judgment in regards to breaks and off-duty time, she said. We're not recommending that the day should be extended. 14 hours is an adequate number to be on the road and then receive adequate rest. Her group is compiling data from the National Sleep Institute as it related to intermediate, intermittent sleeping, she said, and will file that information with FMCSA. So you could go on and read the rest of this article. Yeah, I will have it in the show notes like I have with the other shows. So a blown semi-tire 
is blamed for a Greyhound bus crash that killed seven. Now, this is on August 31st. Authorities say that a blown semi-truck tire is believed to have caused a head-on semi-truck versus Greyhound bus crash that killed multiple people near Thoreau, New Mexico. This happened August 30th. The crash happened around 1230 in the afternoon last week, Thursday, August 30th, near the New Mexico-Arizona border. Uh, New Mexico State Police say that a semi-truck traveling east on I-40 blew a tire near mile marker 50, causing the truck driver to lose control and cross over the median into the westbound traffic. I'm assuming my personal opinion on this is that it was a steer tire for him to lose control like that. The semi-truck crashed head-on with a westbound Greyhound bus transporting 48 passengers in addition to the bus driver. New Mexico State Police has confirmed that seven people died as a result of the crash, but New Mexico State Police officers say that he expects that number to rise. Most of the 49 people on the Greyhound bus were taken to the hospital for treatment of various injuries. The semi-truck driver was also taken to the hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. He was in route from St. Louis to Los Angeles. The New Mexico, the Greyhound was. The New Mexico State Police Commercial Vehicle Enforcement Bureau will be aiding in the investigation into the crash and inspecting the truck, of course. Uh, I-40 was shut down for eight hours because of that crash. Our thoughts and our prayers are with the families of the injured, and our condolences are with the families of the people that died. There again, this somber article will be in the in the show notes eighteen illegal immigrants were found in a trucker sleeper berth at the border there's Kinsey Kinsey is just gonna squeak her toy so if you can hear that squeaking in the background Kinsey's saying hi the U.S. Border Patrol agents in Laredo, Texas, recently apprehended 18 illegal immigrants that were found in the sleeper berth of a tractor trailer. But don't get me talking politics. This is a trucking show, not a political show, so I'm not going there. The indecent, oh, excuse me, the incident, not indecent, the incident occurred during an immigration inspection at the I-35 Border Patrol checkpoint. According to a press re- release from you, I cannot talk tonight. According to a press release from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, canines alerted agents that something was amiss in the truck. Border Patrol says all 18 immigrants were found in good health and identified as being citizens of Mexico and Guatemala. The truck driver, of course he was a U.S. citizen, was arrested, and the tractor trailer was seized by Border Patrol. Homeland Security investigation is leading the investigation. In some good news, everyone likes when I have humanitarian stories, so I'm trying to find those a little bit more often and trying to share those and not always be um, down in the dumps and, you know, the truck and industry just sucks and all the drivers that are dying and all the crashes and all this kind of stuff. So I'm trying to... We'll find some good humanitarian stories as well and, and pretty much report everything. And ABF 
driver was named Highway Angel for assisting a sheriff's deputy, and this happened last week, Thursday. His name's Danny Martin. He's a driver with ABF Freight, and he's recognized as a Highway Angel by the Truckload Carriers Association. He helped the deputy subdue a man who was attempting to flee arrest. Martin who lives at Fort Smith, Arkansas, was driving south on Highway 49 last year in October when he pulled off onto a frontage road to head toward a delivery. He noticed a Simpson County Sheriff's Department deputy arguing with a man who was leaned over the police car. Martin could see that the deputy was attempting to handcuff the guy, but that he was becoming, that guy was becoming combative and resisting arrest and was like, you know, trying to push the deputy around. So Martin, he got out of his truck, pulled over, of course, on the side of the road, got out of his truck to help, witnessed the deputy get one cuff on before being pushed away by the suspect who began to run. Martin then chased after him and helped the suspect to the ground, excuse me, helped get the suspect to the ground. I just can't talk tonight. Are you laughing at me? Y'all are laughing at me. I can hear you. You know, don't laugh at me. Laugh with me because I try to laugh at myself. So I just can't talk tonight with having too much time off, I guess. I, I, and away from this, I just can't talk. So y'all laughing at me. Wrestling with the suspect for several minutes. Let's get back to the story. A city truck soon arrived with a jail trustee, at which point Martin was able to grab the handcuffs and get, the, get them both on of the suspect's wrist. Later in the day, Martin got a call from the deputy he helped, who thanked him for stopping to assist. The deputy sustained a broken wrist and a bad cut, but was otherwise okay. Martin said he just did what he could and didn't think twice about it. And when I saw the guy was resisting, resisting, I knew this could turn out to be a bad situation. I think I might have to re-record this, y'all. So I just stepped in help. I'm glad I was there. So kudos to Danny Martin of ADF. Hi, hi from Julia's Truck Cafe. You'll, you may be our freight driver of, of the week this week with being a highway angel. Greatly appreciate all that you do. Keep on trucking and uh, keep the shiny side up there, Danny. So now this article from Overdrive uh, last week, Thursday, Friday, I mean, last week, Friday, August 31st. A PA... Inspector allegedly solicited sex from a trucker for inspection leniency. I hope it was a female. Action. I didn't say that, did I? Action in three trucking-related crimes has recently been reported by the Wyoming Highway Patrol, the New Jersey Attorney General, and Pennsylvania ABC affiliate WNEP including a hotshot carrier busted for hauling marijuana, moving companies fined for not holding licenses, and a commercial vehicle enforcement officer charged after allegedly offering sex acts to a trucker in exchange for leniency on violations. A commercial vehicle inspector employed by the Pennsylvania State Police has been charged with soliciting a sex act in return for leniency on violations during a truck inspection. The incident reportedly occurred in Dorrance Township, Pennsylvania, at a rest area on August 23rd. The report states Robert, I can't even say his name, you'll have to go in the show notes for this one, 
allegedly afforded sex to a female trucker during an inspection. The news report states that many commercial vehicle inspectors in the state are hired by Pennsylvania police to enforce commercial vehicle laws, but are not sworn police officers and do not carry guns. Um, this Robert is a, reportedly one of these kind of employees. He's been suspended without pay while the investigation continues. In other news, a hotshot trucker busted with $7.3 million of marijuana. A Facebook post by Wyoming Highway Patrol reports the agency seized approximately 1,849 pounds of marijuana worth an estimated street value of $7.3 million during a traffic stop on August 28th. The stop occurred near mile marker 361 on Iowa 80 going eastbound. Troopers pulled over a 2017 Dodge Ram pickup pulling a flatbed trailer to conduct an inspection. During the inspection, another trooper with a drug canine was alerted of drugs in the load. Troopers then searched the load, then found the marijuana. $7.3 million of drugs off the streets. 29 unlicensed New Jersey moving companies have been fined. An undercover sting operation in April resulted in 29 unlicensed moving companies being fined $2,500 each, according to the New Jersey Attorney General. An unlicensed moving company can be a homeowner's worst nightmare. They've been known to hold truckloads of property hostage until the customer pays an extortionate fee, and these unlicensed movers often carry inadequate don't carry adequate insurance or inadequate insurance, creating the risk that homeowners will be left high and dry if their property is seriously damaged during the move. That's why we regulate the industry, the Attorney General stated, and why we crack down on rogue operators. Now, in our top story, also show is sponsored by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. If you need a transcript for your podcast, a website built, or any type of social media marketing, contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service by going to their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's V as in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com for all of your transcription of your podcast or audio needs, designing a great website and social media marketing economically and with a quick turnaround time. So there again, for all of your website needs, contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. That's juliasvaservice.com, Julia's V is in Victor, A is in Apple, service.com. That's Julia's virtual assistant service.com for all of your podcasting, transcripts, websites, or social media needs. Fast turnaround on time, you really need to check them out. There is a push to allow teen truckers to drive interstate 
which moves forward in Congress. This was reported by CDL Life about the middle of August. The U.S. Senate has followed the House in proposing legislation to allow 18 to 21-year-olds to drive the interstate. On August 16th, Senators Todd Young, Representative in Indiana, Jerry Moran, Representative of Kansas, and Jim Einhoff, Representative of Oklahoma, introduced Developing Responsible Individuals for a Vibrant Economy, quote-unquote, Drive Safe Act, as a companion bill to legislation introduced in the House back in March. According to a press release from the office of Senator Young, the Drive Safe Act was drafted in response to the driver shortage in the trucking logistics industry. Oi. When are they going to figure out that there is no driver shortage? Really? Come on. Come on. When are you going to figure out there is no driver shortage? Look around you. Look at the rest areas. Look at the truck stuff. Look at the way stations. There are trucks everywhere. There is no driver shortage. Just ask us. We'll tell you. Though many states, back to the article, though many states allow individuals to obtain a commercial driver's license at the age of 18, Federal law currently prohibits those operators from moving goods from state to state. They can only go intrastate, interstate, T-E-R state, you know, cross state lines. Intrastate, I-N-T-R-A, is within the state. So they can move around within the state, but now the government wants to let them go state to state. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Until and they currently prohibits those drivers from moving goods from state to state until they're 21. The Drive Safe Act creates a training program that would allow for the legal operation of commercial motor vehicle in intrastate commerce by commercial driver's license holders under the age of 21. The apprenticeship training program would help ensure younger drivers are trained beyond current standards while instituting rigorous safety standards and performance benchmarks. Okay, now you know yourself. If you've spent any time out here on the road, these 20, 21, 22, uh, under 25-year-olds, what do they think? They think they know it all. Oh, I've got this. I've got this. I could drive this truck. I'd drive it like a car. I've got this. I've got this. You can't teach them nothing. You can't tell them anything. A bunch of them have an attitude from hell. You can't teach them nothing. They know it all. You know, my kid's 24, and he's, you know, a lot of times he thinks he knows everything. He don't. Love you, son, but, you know, really? The bill would require that an under-21 driver complete 400 hours of on-duty time and 240 hours of drive time with an experienced driver in the cab before operating interstate by themselves. bill has the same requirement. Okay, so if you're listening to the show, please give me, throw me a comment, leave a comment, whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, um, even, you know, send me a comment. Of how many, for 
how many days 400 hours is of on-duty time and 240 hours of driving time. If it's eight hours in a day, okay, that's only, what, 10 hours would be 80 hours. So, you know, that's 10 days would be 80 hours. Uh, it would be a month. Am I thinking that's 200 and 210, a little over a month, uh, about five weeks of drive time, that's eight hours, a, eight hours a day. So it would be, you know, maybe a couple of months and then 400 hours of on-duty time. So, you know, we're looking at double that um, with about 10 weeks, about the 400. And like I said, that's eight hours a day. So they wouldn't be driving necessarily eight hours a day. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So they would be, you know, a little over a month. It's a lot better than a lot of trucking companies. I will say that because a lot of trucking companies will only let, you know, let you be with a trainer for 11 days and kick you out of the school in a week. Well, what are you going to learn in 18 days? This way it's at least, you know, 37 days, uh, 40 days, a little bit better. Senator Info touts the bill as a way for younger people to jumpstart their career in trucking by expanding the opportunity for all commercial license holders to engage in interstate commerce. We can meaningfully address the driver shortage while improving transportation safety and give younger Americans the ability to be competitive in a strong economy so they could fully benefit from a skilled career. Okay. <clears throat> Mr. Senator In Inhofe. I-N-H-O-F-E, how do you pronounce that? I will send you out an invitation. I'm going to get a hold of his office. I really, really am. No BS in here. I'm going to get a hold of his office. Okay, he's a representative of Oklahoma. Okay, I'm going to send him, send him an email. I'm going, to get, I'm going to invite him to come ride with me. Not in Oklahoma. Oh, no, no, no. Baltimore, Chicago, Dallas. Hey, that's a good one. Be a semi-truck driver in one of them big cities. Now picture yourself with all the cars and everything, and I'm a 30-year veteran. Come ride with me through Dallas, rush hour traffic, Miss, uh, you know, Representative in- Inhofe. I'm sorry, I, pronoun- I mispronounced your name earlier. Um, and uh, you go ahead, yeah, in- Inhofe. I, I still may be mess, really butchering it, so I apologize. Everybody butchers my last name as well, so and I don't like it, but so I apologize about that. But uh, you come ride with me through Dallas, through Chicago, um, Baltimore, you know, jump in a truck. Let's go. You come ride with me during rush hour traffic and then want to have, you know, an 18 or 21-year-old out here during that time.
knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. Hey, podcast listener. Are you a hacker, techie, nerd, investor, founder, or ever wanted to get into this world? Join TechCrunch for its annual Disrupt Conference in San Francisco, featuring the luminaries who aren't only making the rules in technology, but changing the game. Get a first look at startups disrupting machine learning, mobility, healthcare, robotics, and more, and hear from the world's leading investors and innovators. Visit TechCrunch.com and use promo code SPREAKER. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R for an exclusive discount.